You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 253, brought to you by the New York Comic Con, Comedy Central, In Stock Trades, and iFanboy listeners just like you. Boom, boom, boom. Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 253. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. All right, tone it down, hotshot. Yeah, okay. Jeez, uh, got to maintain for an hour, buddy. Whoa, one at a time. Pace. We are from the website ifanboy.com where we like comics. That's where we read comics. And every week we read a whole big stack of them. And then one of us sits down and makes the tough, arduous decision of what was our pick of the week for that week. The pick of the week being the book that entertained us the most, the one that we enjoyed the most, our pick of the week. Then we come here to talk about it as well as all the other comics that came out this week and argue about something, make fun of something. Uh, Josh does voices. Connor's grumpy. Josh, you do voices? Hello? Who is this? Before we get to the show, a quick uh, warning and a reminder that we're going to talk about what happens in the comic books. So we, it's often uh, termed spoiling them. We don't do it on purpose. Well, we do do it on purpose, but you can avoid it by pressing pause and coming back after you read your comics. Or keep on listening and be warned. This week, Con- Connor had the pick, uh, and Josh has something funny to say. If you uh, just press pause, though, and wait a little while, and then <laughs> press unpause, but you haven't read it in the meantime... Doesn't change anything. Still a spoiler. Still a spoiler, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just saying your, your instructions need to be clear. It's very nuanced, really, the, the navigating spoilers. But So, Connor, please spoil Superman Batman number 76 for me because my story didn't even have this. Batman Whoa. died. Batman died? Yeah. Old news. <laughs> Meh. Spoiler. spoiler. Meh. <laughs> your story didn't have this? No, no. News. I got there like by 6 o'clock, and it was, they, they probably got it, it was, but it was sold out. It wasn't on the rack anymore. Can't imagine they order many copies of this book because I thought I when I saw you reviewed it I thought it was like the last issue or something. Superman Batman number seventy six the pick of the week and it's a weird book. How does this because, book go on for seventy six issues? Because it's it stars Superman stars Batman and it sells better than average amount of copies based on that alone. Fair enough. It's sort of the uh, as I described the perfect SEO book. <laughs> yeah, true. It's got to be one of those books that noobs buy. Yeah, totally. And they come in, they go, "Look at that! Oh, that's a good, that's a good value." Yeah, you got both of them, Superman and Batman. I can look. I, I can get Batman. The, I lo- get Superman. the logos are inside one another. <laughs> <laughs> I want you inside me, Batman. <laughs> it's actually the other way around. Superman inside Batman. Ooh, um, even hotter. Which is hello. Considering, um, <laughs> wow, it's not even. We're not even four minutes in. It's, you know why? It's late. <laughs> yeah. It's late and it's hot. We're having the last gasp of summer in New York, and it's. it's I'm sweating like a pig. Um, this is a weird book because in the beginning when it first started, however many years ago, many, many years ago, when Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis were on it, it was actually a big time book. It was really popular. It had, had stories that were in continuity that were important. And over the years, it's sort of vacillated between what the book was about. For a while, they, they had it be about events in DC's past and how it affected Superman and Batman. And they, they, they're always changing the focus of the book. And I drop it and I pick it up and depending on what's going on, I picked up the last issue, which was the anniversary issue. It had all those two-page stories by, by the high-profile artists. But this one I got because written by Judd Winnick and it's about the aftermath of Batman's death where Superman is basically dealing with it. And that is something that was always missing from the Batman story that we're dealing with now. It's been a good story, but we've, we jumped really fast ahead in it to Batman supposedly dying at the end of Final Crisis to Dick Grayson going through the miniseries to become Batman and becoming Batman moving forward. We never really dealt with... We, we jumped how, so far ahead that Batman's coming back. Right. We never really <laughs> dealt with how people felt about it. So, so now this is sort of going backwards. And I also wrote my review. It's kind of cliche at this point to say that Judd Winnick's really good at writing about death, but he, he is. I mean, he wrote Pedro and Me. He wrote the really great Green Arrow Black Canary arc where Green Arrow Jr., whatever you want to call him, got shot. He, he wrote that story in Barry Ween with a giant vagina on the wall, too. Yes, he did, right? I don't know how that's related, but... It means he's got range. Deserved um, to be said. And the only instance in the Batman stories that I can remember of them dealing with at all the emotional element of Batman dying was the one issue that he wrote in the Batman series. So he, he's very good at dealing with the characters and how they deal with grief um, because someone has dealt with a lot of grief in his life, and he's really good at getting it on the page. And this issue basically is a bunch of vignettes of Superman... And, and to a certain extent, Dick Grayson and Tim Drake dealing with Batman's loss, uh, starting from literally Superman holding the body in his hands to telling Lois to, to 
having to inform Dick and Robin to the autopsy. It's, it's basically all the things they go through, the funeral. And it's very elegantly told, very true to life, very emotional at points. Superman goes through the stages of grief, but in such a way that I didn't even realize he was doing that until I was writing it up in the Pick of the Week review and I was listing the events and I realized they were basically all the different stages. Wow. That was all the, that was the way, I'm, it wasn't, it wasn't, it hit you over the head with it. It was, was it, it wasn't a Jeff Loeb style? It wasn't the, uh, Step fall, on. Yeah. Fallen Stun, Fallen Stun, that was the one. Yeah, I, no, I, it was, uh, what was it, it was, uh, oh, the, the one with Captain America, Hero, yeah, whatever it was, where each issue was called Denial, it was just like, it was as obvious as could be. <laughs> this was more subtle. Yeah, and actually, I'm more impressed um, by Connor by catching that than I am by yeah, when no, yeah. writing it. So, well, the 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 highlight being um, after the funeral and after everything happens, Dick Grayson says Batman can't die. He, you know, the, the work Bruce did, he can't be for nothing. So, he dons the outfit, and Superman really takes it personally and gets very angry at him. And the moment where he's 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 grabbed them by the cowl and he's shouting in his face. And his eyes are turning red. That's you know that's sort of the moment you always fear with Superman is what happens when you have a really really angry Superman. And he that's, grabbed him by the cowl. Yeah, that's you know what he's wearing. Okay, cape and cowl. Grabbed his face. Yeah, that's why I was like, I was like, they're gonna make out. Like what happened? They grabbed <laughs> him by the, uh, by the right, right under the, the throat. So. Oh, okay, by the I neck. The nape of the cow of the of the. Cape. Okay, when you said he grabbed his cowl, I thought he like grabbed both sides of the the ears, and it I was. Thought he stu- <laughs> I thought he stuck his fingers in the eye holes and pulled it down, like like he was like. Like a superhero wedgie, basically. It was it was very much like a Three Stooges episode. Um, <laughs> and so this so, so as we do with the very emotional leave, comic leave. where we just do slapstick jokes during, which is I, fine. I, we did this to you last week too. I know, which is nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just leaped um, to them. I just leaped to them making out. I don't know why. <laughs> I do, but let's move on. Um, so yeah, then he, he has a sit down talk with Wonder Woman about how they're all they're going to outlive all their friends and it's going to be hard. And, you know, the the burden of knowing that everyone you're friends with and love is going to die at some point you're going to live on. It's all the stuff that you don't normally think about in the midst of all these big battles, the, the emotional ramifications of losing your friends and, and things like that. And then finally at the end, he comes to accept Dick as, as Batman. And it's a very nice scene. And also the art by Marco Rudy, he's not a name I've, I've, I've really know much about at all. And he's definitely a little, little inconsistent in the way he draws people, but he has some really nice layouts. They were really sort of J.H. Williams-esque. A lot of Panels within panels, you know, like the the logos holding the panels of the, the Superman shield and the, the bat logo and the bodies inside the shadow of his parents being dead. It, there's just a lot of very interesting layouts here. It never really took away or over, overshadowed, but it really did highlight what was going on very well. And um, just the entire, the entire package was just a nice one. And this was a book where... It filled the hole I didn't know needed filling, and now that now that the I'm fold- sorry for the last five minutes, you said it was really hard. It did. It was a bigger package, <laughs> and it filled a hole that needed filling. And accepting, and accepting Dick. <laughs> and what I'm saying is, I'm trying really hard to listen. Hey, I give it up to you. For I, I even muted the mic for a couple of minutes to stop because I knew I was giggling. <laughs> you made it really hard, and I was like. <laughs> it sounds like a really good book, though. I think I want to read it. <laughs> you know, your written review was very heartfelt and was very, I mean, it was well-written, good written review. Uh, we, I apologize for my juvenile. <laughs> I, t- I kind of don't, though, because it's funny. That's okay. I understand. It's hot. I'm, I'm barely about to pass out. <laughs> but if you, no. I'm just telling you, if you do it again, I can't be held responsible. <laughs> That's okay. We'll move on. Judd Winnick wrote this. He also wrote two more books this week, and he had a really strong week, I thought. He's, Power kind, of, he's Girl. kind of making a resurgence here, isn't he? He's making a little mini resurgence. I thought this, is, this Justice League Generation Lost was number 10 was also another really good one. Yeah. Again, I keep reading this thinking this should be the main Justice League book. It's, this, is, yeah, this is great. I mean, and this went in directions I didn't even anticipate. And one thing that was really good about it was it really addressed the idea of why can't people remember. And there's a point where Dick Grayson <laughs> is... Thinking, what's going? Something is weird here. I, I, I'm seeing thing. You know, I, he's starting to have nig- just a, a niggling feeling of maybe remembering Maxwell Lord and and one Power Girl shows up and she might have that same feeling and then and then it just just sort of fades away out of the memory. And it was a really nice scene of showing what the other leaguers are really up against here. They're really on their own. So, so this was Dick. This was Dick Batman. I, yes. thought, I thought it was Bruce Batman. Oh. it looked like Michael Keaton. Well, that's yeah. That's, that's that's the art problem that they have at DC. Yeah, but. yeah. No, but I thought the art wasn't bad in this issue, and it was kind of cool. No. To see, it was kind of cool to see Batman and Power Girl, and I I thought he really handled the 
that moment where like he's 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 you know where he's gotten through he's looking at pictures of Max Lord and he's figuring it out and he's talking to Alfred and then Power Girl shows shows up and they're figuring it out then all of a sudden it's just everybody it's like it's like that weird thing where it just wipes and they're like what were we talking about you know like yep. it was it was really kind of creepy um and I really enjoyed um the the tie it tied into Kingdom Come like it's again yes. again it's slowly inching towards the Kingdom Come um reality which by the way if that if they ever hit that point in my lifetime. I'm going to be very upset because in my mind, stop. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the, the, the moment the, the fight in Kansas is in continuity and actually happening, that's when I need to stop reading comics. Well, the whole point of the story is, is Max is trying to prevent that from happening. That's what sure. he's been sent back by the White Lantern to do. So yeah. conceivably he's going to do that. But it seems, kind actually, of, it seems kind of odd to be trying to do that by powering up Magog. Well, yeah. who knows? We'll see what happens. But that that's scene it, with that's Power it, Girl... That's- yeah, antithetical. Yeah, really. exactly. The the scene with Power Girl. She says, "Actually, I came here to, for you to help me find someone." That that leads into Power Girl. That that scene then oh, takes really? off from. So so he really weaved in the two books to the point where you could read them independently and not know anything about the other one. But if you read them together, it really created a sort of seamless, yeah. sort of double double issue. And Power Girl, against all odds, it's a different book. It's not the same book that Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray and Amanda Connor did. But in many ways, it's just as good. And the art. By Sammy Bossery. I know Ron briefly saw it when I was over at his house many yeah. months ago. It's really stellar. Yeah, and well, that's I was surprised when you added it to the when we're, what we're talking about because like I haven't heard anybody talk about Power Girl at all since Jimmy and Amanda and Justin Gray left the book. Mm-hmm. Like aside and aside from that one time we showed me that issue, I'm like, wow, that looks really good. But it's, there's been no buzz about this book at all. Yeah, it's, it certainly lost the buzz factor that it had because it was yeah. a really special book. But it's it's every bit as good just in a different way yep. it's more traditional superhero route he's, he's integrated her more uh, as evidenced by the crossover with Generation Lost which is done a few times yep. uh, he's, he's definitely brought her back out of the bubble that she, she was in which you could definitely feel when, with that other book but if somebody has, listening now has, had left the book because of Jimmy uh, and Justin and Amanda leaving you should come back because it's just as good yep. um, and, and the art's really fantastic Really, I don't know where Sammy Bowser came from, but well, I mean, worth- it was his mother and his father probably loved each other very much, and then they—you don't know that could have been drunken. <laughs> oh my God, it's- how awful was that? <laughs> that was awful. Wow, <laughs> could have been a revenge kind of thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's good. I'm glad. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's so Winnick had three books come out this week, and they were all qu- top. I mean, top quality yes, in your top- mind. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Five star, at oh. least of the three. But. Cool. Now, one thing I didn't buy that. That for, apparently I'm the odd man out is Hulk 25. You missed out, my friend. Dude. Okay, I ha- I have to. I okay. You guys know me and Hulk <laughs> not so much. You know right? how awkward it is whenever we talk about Hulk. And yeah, yeah. I just I I've never liked Hulk. I've never wanted like I bought it every once in a while and it's never caught on yep. so much. Uh, you, I I've, you've got you've got the fever. Sort of, but <laughs> and and it's and we we you know we're gonna talk about Red Hulk later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that does sort of come into it, but I wasn't going to buy this, uh, and the reason was because I was like, "Oh, that's that's." I really like Gabriel Hardman. He's an artist I just kind of discovered very, sort of recently. Um, he's very Michael Lark like, uh, I'd say. He is great. I'm well, sorry. Like I know, I know. Early on, I was I was somewhat not skeptical on him, but I was just like, "Oh, whatever," because he was doing Atlas, and it was like, "All right." He wasn't doing anything that really amazed me. But the 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 weird war tales, and then this, he is amongst. If you ask me, kind of leading the pack of this, like weirdly not weird, but like retro oh. style look. You know, and and we're gonna talk about Secret Avengers next, which I think that fell in the same kind of category as well. Where it's just like. I, I sat in this I read this entire issue standing in front of the racks at the store because I would just I opened the pages to see the art and I couldn't stop turning pages. Well, this is what I'm saying is that uh, I, I, he was announced and I like his style a lot and I thought yeah. that's not right for Hulk. Yeah, which means I'm never going to be an editor. By the way, um, <laughs> I, I just I really was like that's not right. and I got to the store and and Jeff Parker, you know I've liked some things he's done but I haven't liked everything. Uh, recently, it's not guaranteed. It's a hit and miss. No, which is fine. But I wasn't gonna buy it because I was like, all right, all those things don't add up. I don't really like the Hulk all that much. And it was to say, I picked it up off the shelf and I thumbed through it. I was like, holy crap, that looks good. It looked great. I mean, I mean, stunning. Like right away, I was, I was like, that's amazing. And then one of the, the I think part of the best thing about it, the pages, the pencils, inks were, were fantastic. But Betty Brightweiser did the colors on this, and instead of going with the super saturated colors of the Ed McGinnis stuff, yep. they toned it way down, and it works with the art perfectly. And I, it's 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 lovely. It's 
and 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 honestly, and then to go back, I don't want to discourage, but like after reading all the Loeb Hulk and stuff like that, like it's a tough act to follow for Parker and for Hardman to come on to this. Like after all that thing, Jeff Parker did a great job. I thought it read great, wonderful, it, what, really, really good. enjoyed it, like really good. Like I, the, I I finished it, I was like, oh my god, I'm like shit. Now I got to buy Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I felt the same way. That scene, uh, all the scenes in the first, uh, say the first act of it, the first third yeah. with with Banner and 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 Captain Steve. Yep. Oh my God, they were so good. That one page where, you know, the Hulk is in his little pen and he's just like, I knew you'd get around to asking for my help. And they stand there and they look at him. Steve just goes, wrong attitude. And, and they, they walk, walk out. Yeah, it was great. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that was, that, that's a wonderful comic book page. Yep. They, really no, they, 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 they killed it with this. They nailed it. I mean, like, yeah. totally. Like, and honestly, everybody, like, you've heard us, you know, we're talking about Red Hulk a little more. But, um, you know, we've talked about Red Hulk, and, and, and we talked about it when the reveal happened and all that sort of stuff and the kind of the fascination with Loeb's Red Hulk. If you are looking for a jumping-on point, like, forget about Incredible Hulk or whatever's going on with Scar and all that sort of stuff. Like, this book, this issue, 25, go pick it up, and just you can read it out of the gate. All you need to it's, every, it's all in there. If you liked Red Hulk, yeah. then it, it takes it picks up that story. If you didn't like Red Hulk, this it's is a different. whole other tone going on. Which is actually that's a great point because okay, so if you if you read Red Hulk and you liked it, keep reading because you're going to continue to like it. It'll be a little different, but you'll continue to like it. If you didn't like Red Hulk, try this because it's totally different. And if you there's a third thing, if you never read anything, you if don't like or just, if you're ambivalent, check it out because I bet you'll be surprised. So look at that; it's a perfect yeah. comic book. It was it was really something special. It's like this is my go out and try it of the week. I, I mean, it's a Hulk book. It's not like people need to be convinced. But at the same time, neither of those names are huge. Jeff Parker's got a little heat on him, but you know, yeah. Gabriel Harvin is not not a really well known name. He's or gonna anything be a big like name. That. He's gonna be a big name. He, he better be. Yeah. You know, it's just the, some of the guys that are coming up right now are just so damn good. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful book. Well, how of, much smashing is there in it? There was some, some significant smashing towards the end. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, there was a the last page was great. Yeah, and then there's a backup story in a completely different artistic style about Rick Jones. Yeah, not sure how I feel about it, but it wasn't bad. So continuing with the outstanding art, where did Secret Avengers number five come from? It came from Jesus. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I picked it up and I looked at it and I went because I'm not right, I'm not reading the series and I, I decided not to get it. I'm not entirely sure why, but I think that was you could have. It was total. It was total. I, didn't need to know anything. I'm gonna read shot. It. I'm yeah. gonna get it. Oh, okay, it, listen to these names. I know. Okay, you sure you know? Da- I looked it in the store. David Aja, Michael Lark, Stefano Guadiano. <laughs> Guadiano. Jose Villarubia. <laughs> and? Marco Djurjevic. Okay, perfect. That was pretty good. Yeah, I got, I mean, Jer- I got Djurjevic down, yeah. I ethnic do names are not your strong suit, and no, you really no. you got that last one, so. Holy shit, this was good. Like this is what, this is what the this is what the book should have been from the get go. If this had been the art team for the whole run so far, we'd be talking about a whole different ball game with this yeah. book. Pe- people would be talking about this book a lot more. It's Diodato um, before, right? Yeah, it's Diodato. Diodato. Yeah. And, and I, I'm, I'm as far as I know, it's Diodato again. I don't know that this is. Yeah. Oh, that's a mistake. Mistake. I have no idea. I'm just assuming. I, I think this is yeah. just a one shot. He's got to work somewhere, Rod. No, fine. People, I know. I don't have nothing like against him. the guy. I, I'm nothing against. I think he's good in places. I enjoyed him in Dark Avengers. I thought that was perfect. But for yeah, this, true. for this, you, what you want is so what you have got is a secret covert, covert op, covert. Covert ops, um, <laughs> covert ops group, you know, and and you got Fury. We find out, you know, because the first four issues, I was confused why there was a Nick Fury in like a Hydra costume, but now we found out that it's it's a uh, a sentient LMD called Max Fury, which is awesome, by the way. <laughs> we'll give you a new name. How about Max? <laughs> but um, and, is your eye patch on the wrong side? <laughs> but uh, honestly, you know, uh, Cap, Steve, and the rest of the Secret Avengers aren't even in this issue. It's all about Max. Uh, briefly, very, briefly, very, 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 very briefly. briefly. But like, but even when the, like the last page, when there was like all the headshots, like when the when John Steele and Max Fury were yes. sizing them up, they looked great by these artists. Like I would read a book. I would uh, these guys drawing Nova and Black Widow and Moon Knight looked amazing. Secret Avengers number six, drawn by Michael Diodato. Oh shit. Uh, this is just, I mean, they're perfect for this type of story. It's basically it's the history of this of Max Fury, who is a LMD who is enchanted by magic to have his own to have to. He is now a real boy. <laughs> It's Pinocchio. So um, it's Nick Fury. That's fantastic. And uh, so then, that, so then he's running around causing havoc because he thinks he's Nick Fury That's for what, a while. And, and what's hysterical is that he he get he's running off, but he's like fighting Hydra and aim. Like he's not yes. evil. Like he's not. A he's bad going guy. off doing good, but he's yeah. he's also not really Nick Fury. Yeah. And then he keeps forgetting. They tell him, "You're actually not Nick Fury. You're an LMD." Oh, okay. Yeah. And then the next day, I'm Nick Fury. <laughs> and, uh, he, and he escapes the helicarrier. 
He's, like, he's escaped for he's, he's escaped the helicopter thousands of times. Um, <laughs> and I love some of the explanations where Sharon was like, "How did I not know about this?" He's like, "Ah, you were under deep cover." Anyway, just like <laughs> no, this oh. is this is back to Ed Brubaker's strength of the of the espionage. I mean, that's the team. It's supposed to be an espionage team. And this is this is the perfect tone for the book, and sadly, it's just one, just one shot issue. But oh, uh, the, the, this you you put this team on this book, and this is a hit. I'm telling you, or maybe yeah. it's a, the kind of book that only we like and nobody else buys. But what which do I'm I know? fine with. I'm selfish Bingo. enough. <laughs> I can deal with that. <laughs> now, I bought Thor six fifteen, which is the first issue of Matt Fraction. Oh, you mean Tron? <laughs> Did you buy Thor six fifteen as well? No. Okay. I I was planning on it. Mm-hmm. And like it was on my list, and this is where I wasn't going to pick up Hulk, but I decided to based on the art. And then I was going to pick up Thor based on the art because I'd seen some of the earlier stuff. And then I picked it up, and I saw the first six pages were a guy talking, and I was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> this, was a, this was a tale of two books. The first half was really po- like ponderous and, and sort of confusing and overly talky. And the second half was actually really fun with, when Thor actually showed up and did stuff, but... It, it sort of encapsulates all the stuff about Matt Fraction's writing. The first half is the stuff I don't like about Matt Fraction's writing. What? It was a bit, it was a bit too clever by half, and the second half was fun, and it was, and it was Thor, you know, being Thor and, and arguing with Donald Blake in his head like Firestorm. And uh-huh. you know. in, in my mind, uh, I, I thought this is probably going to be like his Iron Man run, in mm-hmm. which case, like, I didn't like it in issues at all. Right. So if I do read it, I figure I'll go back the other way. But I really, I did, I saw that sequence and it was just six panel pages of a person talking to the camera and all word. But I was like, I, this is not, and I'm sorry. It's a lot of science gobbledygook too. I mean, it was just, it was like reading a Russian novel. It was just getting, getting yeah. through. It just took forever. And then the, then the middle section is this red alien or something invading the, the, one of the realms of Asgard. And that was confusing. And it just, it just. I don't know. I didn't really connect with it until Thor showed up. I like Thor, and I'm experiencing a Thor renaissance with Thor Mighty Avenger, but maybe Thor Mighty Avenger is enough for me. Yeah, maybe that's all the Thor you need. I gave it a shot. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll buy the next one, depending on how the week is. But... How, was the, how are the light cycles? <laughs> I, okay. I noticed that they made Jeff Bridges look really young. <laughs> I mean, compared to Crazy Heart. I, just, I a... saw the cover, and someone's like, oh, why would you think this art? I go, I uh, know Tron's coming out, but Jesus, really? Crossover you know... already? It's... <laughs> Disney, wow, Disney's really got their hooks in Marvel, don't they? Okay, so let's talk about Nemesis now. All right, so Nemesis number three came out, and so this is you know the third issue of Mark Miller and Steve McNiven's creator-owned series that is up to this point has been a stinker. Let's I'm sh- I'm shocked that you two are still buying it's it. It's only then four again, issues. No, well, exactly. I knew that. I was. Yeah. It's and it's two ninety nine. Four issues, and here's the thing: I like Miller. Like I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna say I like Mark Miller. I actually enjoyed the first part of this book. Like I thought it was really I, – I thought I, – I, well, I, I'm saying I – mean, I, I thought that was going to be a joke no. when you were going to say, I enjoyed the first part of the, this book. When, when it was it called, was called it was, <laughs> no, You but, really sold it like that. Uh, yeah. Oh, I wish I had gone with that. But um, I think McNiven's art is awful. I'll just go out and say that. It's just a, it's a, it's a pale shadow of his former self. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely not the level we come to expect from yeah. – not even Civil War. From, is it a – stylistic thing yeah i don't know what it is i don't really care but it's it's a lot less detailed we'll yeah it's it a lot less that. detailed it's a lot i don't know just it's just it's just it's just sad but so the the first third of the book is nemesis after he's been captured basically escaping which was just fun action and that was fun that was really that was really fun yeah. sequence and then and then and then <laughs> he escapes <laughs> and he calls the police chief and he says i've got your children captured and i'm gonna call back but you need to talk to your wife and she and she needs to talk to you and then he goes, I'll call you back. And then they get back on the phone, and he's like, well, did your wife tell you everything? And the guy's like, yes. He's like, great. Well, I want you to publicly tell me your three secrets. And so the police ch- chief has to then admit that his wife had a affair with him. Because with his partner. With his partner, because he's a poor uh, performer sexually. Then his second secret is that his son's gay, but he didn't want anyone to know because of politics and all that sort of stuff. And then the third secret was that his daughter had an abortion because they're religious and the public and all that sort of stuff. So Nemesis basically completely embarrasses this police chief in front of everybody. The whole idea is that, you know, the villain, police chief is the hero. He's tearing him down. I was like, all right, fine, whatever. Public embarrassment, that's fine. And so then Nemesis goes, okay, well, you know, I've released your children. You can have them back. They're, you know, they're, they're completely safe as promised. And he goes, well, relatively unharmed. And then there's a panel with a news bulletin that says, police chief's daughter pregnant by her gay brother. Yeah. So, it, it, so, so Miller, the plot point is that he captured the kids and then impregnated, fertilized the girl's eggs with the sperm of her gay brother. And then you turn the page and the doctor goes, and what's crazy is that he's rigged your daughter's womb to completely collapse if we attempt termination. Like, it's like, 
<laughs> Miller's insane. That's what it boils down to. But that's not what I want to talk about, believe it or not. What I want wow. to talk about, what I want to talk about, <laughs> what I want to talk about is the, the fucking back matter, which is great because I, I feel bad because last week I know I lost my shit with the heroic age Steve Rogers pros con things. I apologize, but this is too good. So you finish the issue and then you get a page of text and then you turn the page and kind of don't jump, get, get through this. You turn the page and there's a two an example of from start to finish. Two pages of Nemesis, from script to sketching to pencils, to see their process. And you turn the page, and literally, <laughs> Miller printed a page of text, a page of the script, page eight, and it is, Josh, you're a writer, one, two, three, four lines. <laughs> one of those lines is no dialogue, and it's basically the action page from Nemesis, page eight, where he's fighting, and Miller's direction is just like, well, let's just keep it a love letter of violence, and he does things to cops we've never seen before. Miller wrote no script! He just getting what's balls here is that he go he shows the process and he shows a page of script and has a white box the size of a normal page and literally only a quarter of inch of it is taken up with words. That's why comic writing can be easy for some. Fascinating. <laughs> it's like what I love is that he's going, look, I'm I'm totally fucking with you and I'm showing you. It's like it's, fight here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically, the oh. the thing about Nemesis is, and I was th- I was. Con- Thinking about it when I was done reading it because this wasn't a good issue. No, no. <laughs> oh. Is why would I? Because I, I wasn't going to continue. I'd certainly drop the book with one issue to go. Yeah. But the thing is, there's enough in here that I kind of want to see how it goes. Yep. How it ends. Because yep. you just take the first half of the issue where, where Nemesis has been captured by the cops and you think that they finally got him and they've got him in prison. And then if it slowly unfolds that he's been playing the cops all along and he's got the upper hand and he escapes. It was actually a really fun and inventive sequence. Yeah, Thanks. I thought the escape Courtesy was great. Steve, the escape was great. Courtesy of Steve McNiven, apparently, because not Yeah, because yeah, Miller didn't write um, any of it. <laughs> no, literally, Josh, you've got to see this page. There's no direction. There's no, there's no he punches the guy to the left. There's no choreography. It's literally four panels. Okay, the beats are really important here, so let's keep everything nice and wide and keep this to four panels. Each one just being a love letter viol- a love letter violence as he does things to cops we've never seen before. No dialogue. That's the entire script for the page eight. Wow. Yeah. And you can get a movie deal out of that, too. Exactly. So. That's what I'm saying. Did you know you could do that, Josh? That's what you should well, be doing. All you, well, get, listen, dude. You, you should do that. You, you, I will do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? I, I thought it, they, was, it was the over-the-top elements at the end with the, the, the kids. I was like, oh, that's... Tip, it was, it was when, when he makes everything go all pear-shaped and he wants to be like, oh, look how crazy I am. Admittedly, yeah. I say that's a little too much. But like, I have to laugh because I'm like, hey, he did it. It's his own book. He can do whatever he wants. And that's you know, sure. more power to him. He figured it out. He figured the game out. I didn't. He wins. He gets to do whatever did you, he wants. Did you notice Ron dropped that British colloquialism there? <laughs> anyway, well, it was better than the person, who, the person who described to me. was, well, everything goes all plaid. I was like... Well, you're, oh, no, does that no, mean? no, that doesn't Space mean Spaceballs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is there any chance that there will be a spin-off series about Nemesis's uh, dastardly gynecological business? Uh, who knows? Oh god, anyway. So, I uh, it just it, it not the book it, it, I gave me my $3 purely for the action sequence, the escape, the over the topness of that last twist and then that the back matter page just cracked me up. Oh. Well, the, the, the over the top just made me go, all right, that's getting cut. Well, yeah, well, if one from more the movie. That's not making that's not making oh, the yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, that's not making the movie. Yeah. Oh, but like like <laughs> Police Chief's teenage daughter pregnant by gay brother. Like it's the thing like is, it's, it's incest. I, like it's like it's I hear it. I hear it said by Dr. Hibbert. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he's rigged her womb to explode. Like, okay, yeah, or collapse. I don't know. Oh God, it's oh, it's awful. Anyway, so Nemesis, good job, Miller. I I gave my gladly gave my three dollars. <laughs> Very entertaining. What's also entertaining is the New York Comic Con, which is coming up. It is two weeks away. Less than two weeks away. Is it? I have no I idea. Just... It's really close. In just two weeks, everyone's going to descend on East Coast's biggest and most exciting pop culture convention. It's on. It's running from October 8th to October 10th at the Jacob Javits Center in New York City. It's on the west side, right on 11th Avenue. You can find it by just going to 34th Street, making a left, and walking to the water. There's only one. Too far. If you hit the wall, if you hit Jersey, you've gone too far. There's only one New York Comic Con, and this year, for the first time, they're taking over the entire Javits Center, which if you've ever been to the Javits Center, that's no... Um, I don't know what the what the colloquialism here is. That's a big deal. It's no mean feat. It's no mean, <laughs> it's no mean feat. feat. Exactly. They've got some great guests announced for the show so far. Of course, the King, Mr. Stan Lee, is going to be there. I'm sorry, he's not King. That's Kirby. But Stan Lee is going to be there. John Romita Sr. and John Romita Jr. together at last. 
Brian Michael Bendis, <laughs> Jeff Johns, Joe Casada, Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, J. Michael Straczynski, Bruce Campbell, and even Katie Sackoff is going to come, as well as a million more. Not really a million, but a lot more people are going to be there. Pretty much anybody, if you're interested in comics, sci-fi genre, any stuff like that, there's probably somebody going to be there that you want to see. They still got a ton of announcements to make over the final weeks leading up to the show, so it's going to be big, so keep an eye on their website. And this year, um, it's important to note that New York Comic Con is sponsoring an event hosted by Yossi Sargent called Reform School. Reform School is essentially an art installation supporting education, reform, and awareness. Yossi worked directly with, with Shepard Ferry to design and launch the Obama Hope Campaign during his inauguration. Yossi is an icon in the art scene, and his gallery event is taking place downtown over the dates of the New York Comic Con. His Friday night opening is a red carpet type event with A-list talent. It's an awesome event for the New York Comic Con to be involved with, and as, as it provides exposure to an audience that's not all that familiar with our industry. So if you're into art, uh, you're definitely going to want to check out the um, Reform School opening, sponsored by New York Comic Con. It's going to be awesome. Mixing of the two worlds, art and comics. Very cool. So be sure to order your tickets now. Go to the New York Comic Con website at NewYorkComicCon.com. It's October 8th through the 10th at the Jacob Javits Center. You don't want to miss it. NewYorkComicCon.com where you can get all the details and order your tickets. And we're going to talk later in the show about how you can find us at New York Comic Con. So uh, stay tuned. That sounds Gosh. a lot better than that red light district from last week. <laughs> the cult yard. Let's <laughs> sleep the narrows from Gotham. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, so thank God Flash, the Flash came out this week. Flash number five. Uh, you guys, I, I've enjoyed this book. It's it's been fine. It's been yeah. fun. Whatever. No, I don't think I'm as religious about it as you two have been. Uh, sure. For whatever reason. Because uh, Yeah. Well, that's, that's yeah. That joke's not old. <laughs> I actually I loved this issue. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I really liked it because it was when everything came together, and it was when I got to see like, oh, there's a really neat big plot going on here, and up to here, up to now. I think there's been you can you can just do a lot of reveling and oh look at these different rogues and everything. But here's is where the plot came together for me and it made it made me very happy. And the moment where where Barry realizes what's happening, you know, and the, like just that little quiet the, the twist oh. happens. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, also, I have some really just there's that one splash page where everything goes all screwy and the colors are nuts and yeah. uh, that was really good though. I thought that was and and the the one the page where like the, that's old pat is that old art? Yes. Like the, yeah, that was great. I mean, that wasn't the Van Skyver stuff from Rebirth, right? That's from like an old Flash comic. Huh? No, it looks it's old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love when they do that stuff. That 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 splash page was amazing when it went all swirly and and you see Barry and his mom and stuff like that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, this was. I mean, this wasn't as I know we freaked out at the last issue with the awesome two page helicopter stepping spread thing. But th- this just it just it's one of my favorite books. It's so good. Story wise, I yeah. thought th- this is a really strong issue. This was the the hero gets it, and now next issue is hero kicks butt. Yep, yep. So I don't I don't think I want to go to twenty fifth century. I don't want to go that there. Judge, he's wearing a hangman's mask. Yeah, that, that can't be good. <laughs> There's no partiality at that point. Yeah, oh, hangman, so Murray Hangman. Murray, go to go to my pal Murray Hangman in the in the garment district. He'll get you in the hangman district. He'll get you a bolt of he'll get you a bolt of silk. <laughs> Murray Hangman. Pilot season has started up again from Top Cow. This week was uh, 39 minutes number one. How was it? It was great. Yeah, it was a it was a really fun story. The art was was serviceable. It was it was fine. Uh, it was a it was a bank heist book, and and the bank heist was basically a team of special ops guys. Take place uh, in Boston. <laughs> uh, no, no, they just they got they got uh, booted out of Iraq for something. And there's a there's actually I want to know what happens next, but I may never know why. Uh, because it's a pilot season. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I, I totally fell for it. Even the, the ones first. that win, you never see again. There, well, yeah. well, we're going to get to one that won in a little bit. But, Five years um, ago. Yeah. <laughs> By a different writer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it, though. It's, 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 uh, it was one of those ones that I was like, oh, that's really good. And it was just it was just a different kind of book. It was just uh, no no powers or anything. I just I just lost them sales, by the way. Hey, there's a wizard. Sorry. <laughs> It's a wizard. It's not a wizard. <laughs> no, but, but it was uh, good. So, so if they did this as an ongoing, you'd get it. Yeah, yeah. It was I good. mean, that's really the key. I mean, that's so. So, for people who don't know, Top Cow this pilot season where they do the first issue of a proposed concept and then do some sort of voting mechanism, which we'll probably post on ifanboy.com about when they announce it or when they do it. And they might have. We might have haven't announced it yet. I don't know what they're doing. Maybe that's not the plan anymore. I should check with Philip. But um, um, so there's a chance that this could come back. You never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Holding my breath. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. In more art news, Fantastic Four 583, Steve Epting. I thought Steve Epting's work did this book. Well, first of all, on the cover, you've got two artists, neither of which are Steve Epting. 
You've got the the image itself is drawn by Alan Davis, and the character heads are drawn by Dale Eaglesham. Oh, right, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, on the Hulk, it was the, uh, like on the one that I got. It was a McGinnis cover, and I was like, this would have pissed off people who were looking for that. <laughs> like, it just didn't fit at all. Well, by the way, just to quickly, did Connor, did your Fantastic Four have like all silvery ink on the cover too? Yes. What and and Avengers had it too. Was did like did Marvel like buy a vat of silver ink and they're like shit, we got to use this? Somebody spilled it in the white vat. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, so Steve Epting, this is his first issue, and this is the first uh, issue of the three storyline, that the big kind of event that's going to kill somebody off, apparently. This was like a breath of fresh air. This was like, uh, the, you know, like after the past couple of mediocre issues, um, yes. this was great. It does a good job of grounding the story in reality, yeah. it, it's, which is a nice contrast to the big crazy science ideas that Hickman has in the story. Where, so then you've got this sort of very ground level art style, which really is a nice contrast, I think, in the story wise. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then and then you've got you know, I think it's all starting to come together. What, what Hickman's been doing for the last year or however long he's been in the book, um, Doom has been added to the mix in a very interesting way. And then you turn the page and you get to Silver Surfer. Yeah. And Galactus. So. Yeah. And you got the League of Reeds, which was good. Yes. I mean, like, and and I, and I love. I mean, I I I've been somewhat lukewarm on Valeria ever since she was born. But after this issue, I was like, I was like, all right, cool, I'm in. You know, this was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, I really liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. really good. Loved it. Uh, have you guys uh, noticed the the one shots of old war comics coming out from DC? Yes. Yeah, we've They're, talked about almost all of them, haven't we? I know it's true. We didn't talk about last week's, I think, which was by B Claymore. That was good. We did. We I forget. It was the uh, don't. It was the don't. Right. Miss, so yeah, I, I knew it had come up somewhere. That one was really good. Uh, this week was GI Combat featuring the haunted tank. You may remember there was a haunted tank attempt made by Vertigo recently. Yeah. Uh, and I read the first one, and right away I was like, no. Not for me. Uh, but this one was written by Matt Sturgis with art by Phil Winslade. Phil Winslade's a, a name. He's a British He's artist. Good. He's, to, He's good. used to hear him a lot. I actually didn't used to like him. And he did, he did a bunch of stuff for Marvel Knights uh, back in the early part of the decade. Uh, and I, it, like, it didn't work for me for superheroes or whatever. This book, it worked amazingly well. Uh, it just looks like a classic sort of style. Again, that same sort of thing we've been talking about. Like he's just For whatever reason, there's the British artists can be really, really good at war comics. This is like a looser Chris Weston, I guess, sort of. Yes. Uh, it's not a painted style, which is how I had seen Phil Winslade stuff before, and I didn't like it. This was this really muted war palette. And, and there's, I mean, the, the other part is that it's the haunted tank. So <laughs> Jeb, Jeb Stewart is the tank commander. And it's, he, it's an old, like, a Civil War thing, isn't yeah, it? No, yeah, then, the, then, so, yeah, the Civil War Jeb, spirit ha- has haunted the tank. The ghost of Jeb Stewart. The the civil war the, the Confederate Civil War general follows them around and gives him like vague hints about things. It's great. And then the tank itself is a tiny little tank, and it's it's the Stewart, which is also named after Jeb Stewart. None of these things should work <laughs> at all. And it, and it did. I had a ton of fun reading this. It was it was a really good. It was did a really. Did you hear good, Ron's Confederate general voice in your head when you read the dialogue? Uh, I think maybe I did. Also, Jeff Darrow, Jeff Darrow cover. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Wow. Gorgeous. Really, it was a great read. Didn't see that coming at all. Gorgeous. Yeah. Walking Dead number 77. La, 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 I would have bought. I am not listening. La, 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 We're still talking. Hardcovers. I read in hardcovers. I would have bought this in digital, by the way, but I didn't know until after. You know, I met somebody in the comic book store who buys Walking Dead issues religiously and wants nothing to do with the TV show. She was like, yeah, it's not for me. I can see that. Yeah, it was like, it was, I was like, wow, singular focus. I was impressed. Punching uh, the baby maker? All right, moving on. Re- no, no, no. But anyway, la, really, la, good, la, 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 la. really good character-based issues. I'm not sure there was even a zombie in it. In fact, I'm flipping through. There wasn't now, but it doesn't make a difference in a book like this. Actually, there was one zombie in the end. Uh, great character issue, though, really. Like, there's a fight in here that he wrote between two of the characters that is, like, one of the most realistic, like, couple fights I've ever read. I was like, Jesus, this is, ooh, that's too close. So it was yeah. withering and full of passive aggressiveness, or no? It was straight on. It was like, why don't you fuck me anymore? Whoa! Oh, so, wow! Oh, there you whoa, go. Whoa. But it was. Oh, it was, whoa, it was, whoa, it was, whoa, wait! Whoa, look at the guy over here. Look at him. Look at him. Look at this guy. You're a funny guy. You know that? When was the last time you rented Dance of Wolves? <laughs> um, so this is the aliens, right? We're at the aliens now. That's that is not happened. And there is there is comment in the letter col- column about it though, which is Do people funny, freak out. I can't believe you people still think that's real. <laughs> that was so great. Oh God. Um, if, I ever, if I was ever possessed, I wouldn't be possessed by Kirkman. 
because <laughs> it's because like I read like the, did you read that Atlantic interview the graphic the state of the graphic novel interview with Kirkman and and poor Kirkman's trying to deal with a with a bad writer and reading his answers I read them in his voice and it's just sure if you want to think that right I mean it's like... There's a, but a graphic novel is different than a comic book. No? <laughs> oh, God. I wish I could have been there for that interview. Okay, moving on. Velocity number two. I didn't read the first one when you guys did, but you're raving about it on the show. Got me to read I read them both this week, and I really liked it. How there about was, that Kenneth Roquefort? Well, he's fantastic. But the yeah. story is great. It's uh, Yeah. As we said before, it was a originally a pilot season winner from however many years ago. Um, <laughs> 1994. But, but uh, you don't need to know that. You don't need to know anything about it. You don't need to know any better history with with uh, whatever team she was on in Top Cow before. Yep. It's all laid out for you. The characters are interesting and fun. And She's the, a great character. She's always been a, a, one of the better characters of Cyber Force, so I'm glad to see her kind of get her own spot. The Roquefort art is just gorgeous. Well, it's, it's, it's in another league. I mean, that's all thing. And it's like, and, and I've heard people say, like, yeah, he's not really suited for this book. No, I don't care. No. He's, oh, that's he's crazy. Perfect. He's great. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Yeah. Good yeah, job. Velocity I liked a lot. It yeah. was really impressive. Yeah, good so. job. Good job, Ron Go check Mars it out if you can find it, which I'm sure you can. It's really fun. Yeah, good stuff. So those are the books that came out this week. Uh, we really enjoyed them, but you read a whole bunch of books and you enjoyed them as well, so we wanted to hear what you thought of some of the comic books that came out. I Begree uh, reviewed Fables number 98, uh, gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 5 out of 5, and had to say that we're two issues away from 100, and it feels like it. The tension has been ratcheted up, and the disparate plot threads from the past two years seem to be tying together neatly. And it doesn't hurt that we get great character moments from Rose Red, Snow White, and Big B. They're still in this book. These three have become an unlikely family over the past 98 issues, and it's very nice to see them acting that way again. Josh, do you feel the same way? This is my pick of the week. Wow. Uh, wow. And, and, and Whoa. Whoa, hey. Now, there's, no, hey. There's, no, there's no percentage here. Is it the tension? I believe... I believe it is the... It was number one, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah it was the number easy, one book, yeah. I'll tell you right now, calm down. 20, you and your fables, people. Uh, great issue. Basically, uh, Rose Red has been in the funk for a really long time, and she came out of it and came back and was kicking ass. And it, and it works good because some of the stories works well. in the issues previous, <laughs> I use, use it colloquially, oh. in the stories previously, she had been, um, like they'd just done a little character development, told some of her backstory and stuff like that. So when she comes back, like you're, you're ready for it. And... Uh, it's it's really good. There's some wonderful like factions. It's it's taken a really long time to set up where things are now, but it's it's good. It's paying off. It's like nice nice long term structure. I think you guys I, ready for this? Thirty nine percent pick of the week in the fan base. Wow! It was it was really like a like a all right. Let's yeah. do this. It was the bringing the team together almost kind of rallying. Oh, that's always well, a fun one. A good thing to do two issues before one hundred. One hundred one hundred is going to be the insane ten dollar book, right? Uh, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be like it, it's it, uh, for issue one hundred. I believe Willingham is drawing it and Buckingham's writing it, and it's gonna be or like or portions of it. I, I feel like you're telling a joke, right? No, now. I swear to God, because Will, Willingham no, actually, could draw. I, I read something about that. Yeah, I no, about yeah, I'm gonna yeah. find out about it. But yeah, and it's and it's gonna be like a hundred pages, and it's gonna be like nine ninety nine or something like that. It will be a hundred pages of content. Where is it? Yeah, it's gonna be like nine ninety nine. It's gonna be printed on really nice like kind of thing. Like it's gonna be. It's, it's going to be printed on sheep parchment. It's going to be a big deal. Yeah, so Mark um, – yeah, here we go. Mark Buckingham gives up pencils for keyboard for Fables 100. Yep. The 100-page oh. issue will feature a prose story that's written by Mark Buckingham, illustrated by Bill Willingham. So, oh, okay. But yeah. it's not like the whole thing. No, it's not the whole thing. But there'll be – Because I don't – Yeah. You know. Well, no, but – I don't know if he's any good at writing. Eh, well, yeah, he's been doing comics for a while. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be like – I think it's going to be like nine ninety nine or something like that. So get ready for that one. <laughs> well, well, all right. Yeah. Uh, next up is uh, oh I know how to pronounce this but I'm going to get it wrong Evangelion sure. eleven yeah. uh, there was somebody whatever uh, Evangelion Dark- no that's the wrong way because yeah, when know. we did the ads we did it wrong Evangeline Lily yeah. we don't have any ads anymore that's weird yeah. <laughs> Evangelion eleven <laughs> says of Darkwing Duck number four giving the story of four to five and the art of four to five uh, Connor's going to pick the pick the week was five percent that's not bad. That's pretty good. Says, this issue was fantastic. It was the end of the first arc, but it had enough great fan moments and simple enough plot that you could jump on easily. I would hope so. Uh, Ian Brule has taken the property and really brought it back to life. The style is just like the show, but James Silvani isn't just pumping out licensed crap. He's actually storytelling and using the comic book format to bring Darkwing back to life. If you like the show, you'll like this, and hopefully a new generation will fall in love with Darkwing just like I did. And it's an ongoing, baby. I think the two things that are really impressive about the book, one is the art yep. is 
just fantastic. It's, it's the Disney style, but it's, it's gorgeous. He does a really great things with the pages, layouts, and the, the panels, and just, they're just full of detail. But the story is actually really fun. Yeah. And I think what the, the commentary on the, on the corporate life in it was, was, was sort of subversive. So it was, it was, there was a lot going on in, the, in this well, Yeah, in what, story. I, what, what I like about it is that it, like, they, they know that we're reading it. Yeah, you know, they know that we watched it when we were kids and we were reading it. But the thing is also is that like I would have no problem again giving this to a kid or my niece or something like that and I let them read it and those jokes will go over their head. Yes. Yeah. So um, that, that's that's the that's the tightrope you want to walk with these Disney kind of with, with with these Disney comics specifically or like these kids kind of comics that are catered to that are focused at adults as right, well. As any kids. of the all ages yeah. books. Yeah. Exactly. Funky. So, um, so good job on them. It's fan- the unlikeliest. I was so worried when this came out, but it's it's been great, and I'm glad that it's an ongoing. Because and everybody ordering it, and everybody saying they wanted it made an ongoing. It was originally supposed to be a four issue miniseries. That was it, a five issue miniseries. And you had an appearance by Scrooge McDuck and Huey, Dewey, and Louie in this one. You never can never go wrong there. That's for sure. I love that the shared universe. Uh, that, I remember be I remember yes. as a kid when the cartoon was on, and it was remember it was, it was Darkwing Duck. No, it was Ducktales right into Darkwing Duck, yes. and it was like oh so cool. And like launchpads in both of them. It, it was great. Yeah. Huey, Dewey. And Louis. Oh, memories! That was right around the time when I was playing Legend of Zelda. You know, if you were launch, if you knew Launchpad McQuack, you'd be like, "That guy never takes off his work uniform." <laughs> he wears, well, he he wears is, he's a pilot. He, that's what he is. I know, but even if you, you know, if I'm a waitress at Denny's, I still would change. Well, I feel like I, I, feel, I feel like the waitress job isn't as defining as the pilot. All right, you know? okay, yeah. then let's then let's just say that you. If you're a doctor, next, let's yeah. say that you live next door to a guy who is a pilot. Okay. And then on weekends, he's out mowing his lawn like in his full dress uniform with the hat. Yeah, that'd be weird. That's no, but because you, know, you never know when the moment arrives where you have to pilot a plane. And, and keep in mind, he's got like the, he's got the Indiana Jones s leather jacket, cast. It's, it's Charles Lindbergh. Thing, yeah, Charles Lindbergh. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. I'd be like, I wish I was like that guy. He'd be right at home in Williamsburg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You need a good affectation in Williamsburg. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Comedy Central. We told you about the Comedy Central at San Diego Comic-Con, and everyone that went to those show panels knew that that was a good time. Uh, now they will be at New York Comic-Con coming up, and they've got a block of some awesome panels for you to attend in room – write this down – 1A06 on Saturday, 10-9. You can go there at, at 6-15 uh, on October 9th and just and – just Plant yourself down because there's a bunch of stuff happening. It's 615. The Ugly Americans panel. You go behind the scenes of the animated sensation pick. You can see a sneak peek of the new season that's coming up. There's a Q&A with the, the cast series. It's, it's, about, it's about a social worker in this weird, I don't want to say post-apocalyptic world, but he is at the Bureau of Integration. There are humans. There are zombies. There are uh, vampires. There are monsters. And they all must live together. And demons. Uh, and he helps everybody. And you can see the cast and the crew and all of that stuff. And then at 7.15 to 8.15, Nick Swardson's Pretend Time, which is Comedy Central's new show with Nick Swardson, who is a very uh, funny up-and-coming comedian you may know about. Uh, there will be a sneak peek of his new Comedy Central sketch show. Uh, Nick Swardson's hilarious world of make-believe incorporates every reach of the imagination from time travel accidents to that gay robot on your college campus. I don't remember that. To a pirate cruise, unfortunately located treasure map. Nick's abundant personas and hysterical catches are sure to keep you laughing. Get ready to experience Nick with a sneak peek of the series, a Q&A with Nick and more. And then at 8.15 to 8.45, this is a long, it's a long section. I got a lot for you. There will be a South Park surprise. And, and from what, that, what I've heard, if you're a South Park fan, you're not going to want to miss that. So I'm think I'm thinking that they have to make if they're gonna if they're gonna advertise it like that. Yep. As make a surprise, you're yeah. gonna have to make it good. Yeah, exactly. I they may kill Kenny. Yep. <laughs> uh, so we, we recently on iFanboy.com we announced some we wrote, wrote up some of this stuff, but also announced some of the giveaway stuff, right? Yes, we did. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no, I mean yes. Uh, what's really cool is that Comedy Central also wants to um, give stuff away to you fans of um, of uh, Ugly Americans, Nick Swardson's Pretend Time, as well as South Park. So two lucky iFanboy members are going to win a Comedy Central New York Comic Con themed prize pack, uh, which is awesome. Uh, you're going to get uh, two members are going to get autographed Ugly Americans posters signed by the casting and the cast of the show and the show creators, an autographed Nick Swardson Pretend Time poster auto- signed by Nick Swardson, and S- South Park season DVD sets. We're not sure what seasons, but they will be complete season DVD sets. Um, so winners are going to win after the con, though, but it's all themed with New York Comic Con, so stay tuned after the con to find out who won. Good stuff. Thank you, Comedy Central. All right, email time. 
First email is from Robert Y. from Winter Garden, Florida. And Robert is the Rip Van Winkle who wrote in before. He's, he's got a follow-up email. Oh, is this the Quasar he, guy? Yes. Yeah. If you recall, Robert dropped nice. out of comics in the height of the speculation boom. has come back just recently and is completely confused as to what is going on in the comics industry. With Quasar mostly, though. With, mostly with Quasar, but he, he's, he's back. And Robert says, first of all, I'm Luke Skywalker right now because I can't believe he's gone. Did Quasar die the way he lived, creating things out of energy? Was there a death of Quasar issue? Were all the Avengers there, even Gilgamesh and Stingray and all the West Coast Avengers? So apparently 20 years out of comics is a long time, and a man can't expect everyone to still be around. So Quasar is dead, and I accept that. What I can't accept is the fact that the Marvel Universe moves on so casually. <laughs> and not just when it comes to Quasar. What about what happened during the Axe of Vengeance? I mean, the Avengers were nearly disassembled, and Loki nearly manipulated the worst villains to do it. I mean, how does that not still have consequences now? I realize we all move on, but come on, the Gulf War was 20 years ago. People still talk about it. <laughs> I guess what I'm wondering is, as I go forward into comics, are there, any, are there other major events that seem to shake the very foundation of a given universe? And all then of them? Refer- and then we're referred to no more. Seriously, they sank the Avengers Mansion. How do they not talk about that? Thanks for the show, guys. You are my Eon to my Wendell Vaughn. Okay, first off, fuck you, you made this up. <laughs> There's no way. Seriously, like this guy is gold. We should get him writing for the site. I, I, this is I'm, amazing. I'm, I'm thinking about it, and I what I want to know is, is he being ironic or is he being sincere? And if so, which is better? And I can't decide. Yeah. Sincere is better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's great. Uh, it's comics. Shit, you move on. They can't. If the thing is that every issue is supposed to be a world-shaking event. Yeah, exactly. Twenty years ago in comics time. Yeah. Oh. That's that's dog yeah. Acts of Vengeance. Cool. I forgot about that. Remember, <laughs> like, think about all the, 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 the heroic age banner and stuff like that. Remember Acts yeah. of Vengeance? We had a little triangle on the corner. Is that Acts of Vengeance? No. Acts of Vengeance. Well, in the Avengers books, it went across the top like a banner, but in the other books, yes. it was just Yeah, a the, all the crossover books had the little triangle because I was reading the X Men books and it was like Acts of Vengeance. It was, yeah. The reason why, the reason why they, they're forgotten about is because there's been an Acts of Vengeance every year for 20 years. So. Yeah. yeah. Acts of Vengeance was awesome. That was that was the that was the real golden age of uh, events. It Crossovers, was, uh, Inferno, yeah, Atlantis attacks, Acts of Vengeance. It was like well, one, you had yeah. that you had that was back in the, you had the summertime event every yeah. summer. Yeah, the, and there'd the be a cross and, a crossing over event, and it would usually take place in the annuals. Yeah, um, but that was when I was reading Captain Captain Universe and Spider Man. And it's actually fun. You knew you knew that yeah. you'd get through the the hard cold, cold winter and you'd get to the summer and that'd be the big event story. And you that see, would, yeah. And you got moments like when I was when I was doing all the back issues on X Men and uh, X Factor and New Mutants that I remember I got one issue that opened up to the New Mutants popping out of the sky for, after coming home from Asgard, going to see what happened. Read New Mutants Annual Number Seven. I was like, "What the fuck did that happen?" <laughs> it was just like literally like, "Oh, that was crazy. Let's move on. Let's get good to be home." It was like, "What?" <laughs> oh, I'm sore. I got to oh, stretch. Love that. Oh, good stuff. Well, yeah, you just got Robert. You just got to pick. You just got to. You just got to pick up and keep calm and carry on, man. Just pick up and move on. It'll be all right. I have no you idea. Did it again. <laughs> Our next email comes from Brian M. from San Antonio. I've noticed that over the past few years I've been reading comics in a different way. When I was younger, I could lose hours looking at all the panels, soaking up all the little hidden gems that the artists have put in there. These days, I can't seem to get through the book fast enough. It's not that I don't enjoy the art. Most of the things that you show in the panels of the week, I never even notice until you show them in the segment. Has anything like this ever happened to you? What do I need to do and try to fix this? Help me, fanboy. You're my only hope. That's a second Star Wars reference in two emails. Stay in the war wheelhouses. Yeah, slow down, dude. Take it easy. Don't be in such a rush. Well, yeah, when you were a kid, you didn't have shit to do, though. Yeah. I had to hurry. I had to read my comics. I got shit to do. That's okay. It happens. This yeah. is adulthood. It sucks. There's yeah. but there's that there's that or there's maybe he's reading them because he feels like he has to. Exactly. Yeah. To. Yeah. Maybe he should. Maybe he's deep That's down. Maybe deep down he doesn't want to be reading comics anymore, but he's just doing it because he's always read comics. Feel free to tap, like, in, tap into that childlike wonder. Remember what it was no, that got you to read comics. There's no, there's no one who doesn't want to read comics. You said people who don't want to read the comics that they're reading. Yes. There's something else for you if it, this isn't the right one. Yeah. You can't, well, unless he's, if he's blowing through all of his books in five minutes... You know, well, that's the thing. Like, if you get a stack, I mean, like, admittedly, and we put ourselves in a bad position. But like every Wednesday night, I'm looking at a stack of twenty books, and I'm like, all right, I want to get through this. You know, if I was not, you know, doing this podcast, doing the website, whatever, I might get my books on Wednesday. I might read three or four and really enjoy them, and then read three or four the next day, and you know, you know, that bring a couple on with me on the bus, like that sort of thing. Space them out. You know, you don't need to read everything on Wednesday. Unless you want to participate online and do all that stuff, and if, and if you come to our site, we encourage you to do that. So sorry, but you just got to find that balance. It's just you know, it's it's you know, it's it's. I think it's the byproduct of the stress you put on yourself. Buy less of them, read, yeah. read them. Slow. You should go get GI Joe Origins number nineteen, and just train <laughs> yourself to read it and enjoy it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 
the funny thing is, I actually thought about that on the bus away home from the comic stores. I've never not read all my books the day I bought them. Yeah, I know. But me going neither. back to when I was twelve, bought the first time I started going weekly. Yep, me too. I've never not always oh, read them. I did. Yeah. I did for a while. Yeah, it was good too. It's <laughs> like on Sunday, you'll look over like, oh, I still have one to go, and you can read it. Well, that's well. My whole thing is that my Wednesday, Wednesday, give me two to three hours of total escapism. That's what I want. You know, even going back to college and high school, like you know, where I had a much lighter schedule, but even then, I felt like I just need to get away. If I was on a sitcom right now, I'd say your whole life is an escape, and then yeah, it laughs, and then they'd be laughing. Anyway, you're so crazy. Maybe maybe Brian M should be reading tet trades of uh, issues, yeah. maybe or enjoyment out of it. And if that's the case, he should go to in stock trades. Because they have 37% off. They have free shipping of orders on $50 or more. You have 9,000 trade paperbacks available in stock for order right now. New listings every Wednesday and orders that ship within 48 hours when you go to www.instocktrades.com. All right. Thank you, Instock Trades. So we've got no voicemails this week. We're running a bit long. So uh, if you have a question, you can email us at contact.fanboy.com. Or if you want to call us on our voicemail line, call 1-888-FANBOYS. It's 1-888-326-2697. It's been a while since we've done an all-voicemail show, so maybe we'll do that soon. So dial in, call the voicemail line at 1-888-FANBOYS. It's 1-888-326-2697. We. All right, so over at ifanboy.com, it has been an insane three months of giveaways. We started in August. We've, we're giving stuff away all through September, and we're continuing to give stuff away into October. This week, we're giving away the Invincible Prize Pack, which includes Invincible Ultimate Collection Volume Number 1, signed by Robert Kirkman and Ryan Otley. Which both. Is, both. Both of them in one book. That's, That's no great awesome. It's just hard because they won't, they won't even be in the same room together anymore. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I want that. I know, and you're not eligible. Um, in addition to the Ultimate Collection Volume 1 that's signed by Kirkman and Otley, you also get Invincible Issues number 60, 63, 64, <laughs> 66, 67, 70, 71, and 72. It's, it's so, like we said you on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> we gave you something. But you're going to have to work for it. <laughs> so, so really, you're going to need to go get 61, 62, and 65 on your, and 69 on your own. But, so you got a handful of invisible Screw issues. Screw you, winner. <laughs> you got a handful of invisible issues, but then you also get the awesome oversized hardcover Ultimate Collection Volume 1 signed by Kirkman and Otley. And the winner of that is iFanboy member Billy Fortenberry. So congratulations, Billy. You are the winner. And that is awesome, and we are jealous of you. But all the giveaways are not over. That doesn't end here. If you go to ifanboy.com, there's a post where we're listing all the rest of the um, the giveaways for the rest of the month. And actually, next week's giveaway is pretty is a big one, to be honest with you. Um, we are going to be giving away the opportunity for an iFanboy member to come with us when we go interview Stan Lee at the New York Comic Con. That's insane. Stan Lee is the one who did the inks again? Ah, <laughs> yes. Um, he raised Kirby, didn't he? Yeah, you no, know, no, that was, that was Coletta. He's, uh. dead. He's dead. So we're going to be giving away uh, this prize to one iFanboy member who is attending the New York Comic Con. And we're also going to give away a prize to one iFanboy member who's not attending New York Comic Con, which is pretty cool. You're going to get some cool swag signed by Stan Lee, which is awesome. Um, but so listen up. So this, we need you to do something here, though. If you are an iFanboy member and you are attending the New York Comic Con, email us at contact.ifanboy, subject line Stan Lee. Only the iFanboy members who email us to tell us they're going to be at New York will will be eligible to win that. So okay, if, if only and one also specify when we say member, yes, we can check. We are, can check. Yeah, we will be if verified. You if, yeah. if you if you don't know what that is, and you're like, well, I, I'm on the site. We don't mean a, an account. You have to be a, a, a contributing, paying iFanboy member with a current account, an active member. Correct, exactly. Yes. And we will be verifying that before we pull the randomly pull the winner. So email contact.ifanboy.com, subject line Stan Lee. In your email, say, I am an iFanboy member. Yes, I'm paid. I'm active. I will be there. Uh, the interview is going to be Saturday morning, so make sure you can be in Manhattan Saturday morning, and that's you'll get to meet Stan Lee. It doesn't get better than that. So uh, and you can still sign up for a membership before that. Yeah, go to ifanboy.com slash store and sign up for a member. You've got – the deadline is September 30th, so this Thursday, folks – you want to you want to get that email into us by this Thursday, or you won't be eligible. So you don't want to miss and out. You have to be a member by that Thursday too. Exactly. Excellent. Ooh, are you right? I'm, I'm tired. tired now. I'm Tom exhausted. Uh, I'm exhausted. On, on Mondays we have another podcast. You subscribe to it separately with a different RSS feed, but you should know that you should go and do that. Uh, it's the Don't Miss podcast where we talk to uh, a creator about a book that is coming out that Wednesday, so you know about something something else. Yeah. Uh, in the in the shelves that week that you may not have known about. Uh, this week we don't know who it is yet. We're we still, got an idea yet. We got, but some, I don't we got wanna, some. We got some feelers out there. So yeah, yeah I, th- I think I know who it is, but I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. So, don't lock it in. 
Yeah. Unknown at the time of recording. <laughs> be, a su- be a surprise. Yeah. So. <laughs> and we also, we've got a bevy of Talksplodes coming your way this month as well. And we kicked it off uh, this past Thursday where we talked to our, our friend and yours, crazy insane person Jim McCann. Um, I, I actually I actually spoke to Jim for over an hour about his um, upcoming original graphic novel that he did with artist Janet Lee called Return of the Dapper Men coming out from Archaea. Um, gorgeous. So, yeah. so you, at, you asked two questions? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but um, So you want to go back in the feed and download that if you haven't yet or go to ifanboy.com. You can find it there on the website. Um, and we've got more Talksplodes coming this month. It's going to be full of Talksplodes in October. Yeah, it so, is. Yeah, so it's going to be good times. Definitely. And as we said, New York Comic Con is just weeks away. It's October 8th through the 10th at Jacob K. Javits Center in New York City. We're going to be there as always. You can find us in two big ways. The first is there'll be an iFanboy graphically booth <laughs> on the floor. Two big ways. Like, there are two big at the, ways. At the hot dog cart outside. <laughs> well, yes, that's the third. Is we're looking for anywhere there's meats on sticks. We'll Kanish, 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 Kanish. Anyway, there's a meat and a stick. <laughs> I will be there. Um, that fanboy graphically booth is booth 1751 located on the floor right between Marvel and Image. So if you're near the Marvel booth or the Image booth, look for that fanboy graphically booth. We will be there intermittently, but the graphically people will be there the whole weekend. So say hi to them and check out what they got to show you. They're yeah, fun definitely. If you're not a member graphically yet, not reading comics online yet, that you can sign up there. They're going to be giving away stuff. So you definitely want to get there, get cool free stuff. Just go and thank them for, for keeping that fanboy yep. alive. So, but we'll be there. We'll be shooting interviews and there'll be signings and stuff there. Go to ifmway.com. There's a post at the top. It'll tell you the signing schedule for creators at the booth. There'll be some creators signing. Yeah, we've got, we got some really cool creators lined up. We, we haven't nailed down the schedule yet because it's still two weeks out and everybody's juggling their own personal schedules and the signings at other booths and stuff like that. But we've got a couple of good names names we know you're going to want to get stuff signed by. So uh, keep an eye out on the post. iFanboy or stop by the booth to find out who's signing when. And if you were in San Diego, you know we had some kick-ass people sketching for free there. There's some people who normally sketch, charge for sketches sketching for free at the booth. So yep. keep that in mind. Saturday is the big iFanboy party. We've been doing this... This is, I guess, the third year in a row of our New York Comic Con My Fanboy Party. Yep. And this one is going to be at Bergen Street Comics in Brooklyn, New York, which sounds scary if you're not from New York, but it's really quite simple to get there. If you go to fanboy.com, there's directions right at the top, and there's a post that tells you all about Comic Con. There's directions how to get there from the convention center. There's a subway that goes right there, right literally steps from the storefront. It lets you it's out of it. It's right there. Yeah. Really, I know a lot of people are like, oh, Brooklyn, but really, honestly, it's not that bad. And, and if you haven't been to Bergen Street yet, it's one of the best stores in the country, and we're doing this you a favor. Is- if you haven't had a chance to go to this, the parties that we had on on the West Coast, uh, this is as close as you're going to get. Yeah, and, and we're going. It's good. Listen, it's going to. I mean, it's different. It's an East Coast verse, but it's going. Listen, it's going to be a good party. This and, is what we're saying. And we've got some surprises lined up. We're not ready to talk about it yet, but stay tuned. The party's going to be worth attending. Trust us. So, dude, se- dude that's, seriously. Yeah, that's at eight o'clock, and it ends with question mark, question mark, question mark. So you know <gasps> what can happen. Until oh, Tom man. and you say, get out. Yep. <laughs> uh, that'll be fun. Bergen Street Comics, Saturday night. That's October 9th, 8 o'clock. That's where we'll be. There's an open bar. Tips are encouraged. Yes. And you could um, and you could keep track of us on Twitter. Uh, if you're at home not going to the uh, New York Comic Con, uh, there's a great on the New York Comic Con page. We've embedded everybody from the iFanboy staff that's going to be at New York Comic Con so you can see what they're saying. As well as if you're at the New York Comic Con and you're on Foursquare, like Connor and I are, you could mm-hmm. check in to the New York Comic Con. You can check into the Graphically booth, and you're going to be able to win free stuff that way. So uh, stay tuned for that. Make sure you follow Graphically on Foursquare. Go to foursquare.com slash graphically and follow them for all the cool comic tips around New York City, which is kind of pretty cool. So Yes. Uh, um, yeah, good time. New, New York Comic Con's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a good time. I'm tired, but it's only two weeks away. I'm not. I'm not mentally prepared because normally I go into shutdown mode after San Diego. No, you can't. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. So now we have to do this. Gotta wake you back up. So anyway. All that information and more can be found at ifanboy.com along with Connor's Pick of the Week review and all the great conversation and discussion. Big week in comics this week. I don't know if you noticed, but DC was in the news this week and we want to pour a little of our 40 what? out. We want to pour a little of our 40 out on the ground for our friends at Wildstorm and Zuda. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy who wrote the article that Wildstorm should die a couple years ago. <laughs> I did. I, I was wondering when somebody was going to remember that. <laughs> but yeah, so definitely uh, check out ifanboy.com. It was a great week this week with all the discussion and the conversation and stuff on there. And if you you know want to get into you know the, the new as it happened we were there writing it if you want to get some of the sales analysis Jason Wood came back this week with his article about that um, as well as there's other great articles not about DC this week in co- panels this week in covers all the, the sketch up it's amazing I, I love this website it's wonderful we also do a video show that comes out every Wednesday last week we did a slightly controversial episode about voter tracing went better than I thought it would it actually did yeah it really did and I was actually
actually some of the discourse and some of the conversation that it spurred, I thought was good. Some not so good, but whatever. That's the internet. That's going to happen. Um, this week, though, it's been teased. We've been talking about it. We're talking about Jeff Loeb and Ed McGuinness's run on Red Hulk. Uh, Hulk is the strongest one there is. <laughs> Hulk is strongest one there is. How did you go through a whole segment without even mentioning that? <laughs> I know, it's I've amazing. Holding on to Hulk's strongest uh, one there is. So this, this one's a really good episode, so you're going to want to watch it. You might be surprised at what we thought of it. So uh, definitely tune into that on Wednesday on iFanboy.com. And go to iFanboy.com slash about to get all the information about us. Follow us on social networks. Follow um, iFanboy on Twitter at uh, Twitter.com slash iFanboy. You can email us at contact.fanboy.com. You can call our voicemail line 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Any questions, comments, concerns, play it in this show, on the video show, or just, just around the house. Yeah. That's background music. <laughs> Suppose that you think iFanboy am strongest one there is. Well, then you would want to tell people about it on iTunes. Yes. Uh, you could write a review there that's very helpful for this show, video show, don't miss show. Other sh- if there, are there other shows I may have forgotten about? We have shows. Good shows. Talks blow. Talks blow. Yeah, word so balloons. Many shows. So uh, many shows. shows. Uh, that's a really great way to help, uh, but also tell people about it. Tell people about the show who you do think don't know or would enjoy it, or just or just start playing it for people. Tell Walk the dastardly up. comics media about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, 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 let somebody not do any research by listening to the podcast <laughs> or any sort of investigative <laughs> journalism or anything. I'm not touching it. <laughs> what you're doing? Damn Hulk us. is Hulk is strongest one there Listen, is. Listen, I'll be honest with you, folks. This is a tiring week for comics. This is like, yeah. <laughs> comics are supposed to be fun, not like this. Not, not like, like this. this. Not like this. Like this. <laughs> so until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Josh, I'm strongest one there is in this room right now. <laughs> See, you no and a, it's you and a baby. So is Lindsay not there then? <laughs> There's no one in the room. Well now, some may call me Joe. Some may call me Mo. That's man Mosquito. He don't never take it slow. Well, not he all can call me Tito. But my real name is there. Not he all can call me Tito. But my real name is there.